Good afternoon and happy Friday. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We made it through another week and an interesting one at that. And we're seeing some numbers really to the lower on the corn market. Beans tried to pull themselves into the positive territory to stay that way, but they ended up on the mixed side and it was lower on this wheat complex. Flip the page to the quickly to the livestock side. We saw lower live cattle, higher feeders and some mixed hogs. So a lot of factors that are being weighed in on this trade today. But the biggest question is, what direction are we going to go with this grain market? A lot of different things happening. Global unrest, we know that demands there, crop outlook, weather, a lot of factors that are being worked in. And we're going to talk about today as Darren Fry joins us with Water Street Advisors. And Darren, I think we've got to start that. Which direction? I mean, we're kind of in a fork in the road on these grains. Are we going to go right, left, or a U-turn? That's a great question. Thanks for having me on the final bell here today, Susan. Um, you know, the, the markets have rallied a bunch this week. They gave up some here on profit taking in the week. But, you know, you, you've seen beans at some pretty high levels here, 1424 earlier in the week. Uh, meal is acting good. The products, both bean oil and meal, are strong. Um, wheat had a lift with some of the things that happened in the Black Sea area with Russia and Ukraine and some of the rhetoric around what would happen if ships sailed in to those ports. They would consider them hostile and on the other side of the fence as far as the war is concerned. And so that's elevated, you know, the risk and, and the ability to export grain out of those ports, out of Ukraine. Uh, some people, you know, have thought, hey, it's not going to be a big deal. It hasn't been a big deal in the past. We have other ways of getting them out. I think it is kind of a big deal, and I think that without these ports, if they don't find a way to use those, and some of them have been attacked by Russian missiles, and some destruction has taken place to some degree. And so if we don't see vessels able to load out of there, I think they are going to have their exports reduced by at least 40 to 50%. And so I think that is a big deal when China needs to be buying corn not only out of there but out of Brazil. And that might open up some doors for us over here in the U.S. So that's what kind of got in the market this week. More corn and wheat from a Black Sea perspective. And then just soybeans and the products are because Argentina drought last year. We're getting some meal business that we didn't think we'd get, but we're getting it. And in addition to that, I think we got to put premium in these beans so the South America adds acres. Um, because they just don't have the incentive to do that right now with a weak basis out in, in March of next year. So that's kind of how I see the grains moving this past week here. A lot of uh, uh, things are being factored in. This weather pattern continues to change, and I know they're talking hot and, and dry weather for this next couple of days, but I see that the National Weather Service and some of the models are uh, squeezing in some rain a uh, weekend next week. Yeah, you know, there's going to be opportunities for those cluster storms to ride up and over the ridge, but the ridge is pretty expanded. It's really from South Dakota down into central Missouri, and whenever you see that, it has the earmarks and the recipe to produce very strong storms. When these cluster storms flare up, you can have hail, uh, you can have strong winds, you can have even derecho-style winds that are above that 58-mile-an-hour mark, and and I would say that some of my weather guys are looking for the potential for that. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. It just means the potential for that exists. And I think that's where the extra moisture is coming from is in those cluster storms. But there's no question over the next week and a half or two uh, to end July and begin August, we're going to be on the hotter 
and drier side here um, if if we don't get you know some cluster storms that come through, and if we get those, they could be packed with some severe weather and some damage included in that. How are we looking at global unrest? I mean, so much has happened this week, and it all started very early on Monday morning with Russia, Ukraine, and the, and the whole grain. Yeah, it's just really hard to know what's going on there. But, um, you know, with us funding, the U.S. funding, um, you know, sending weaponry and and funding Ukraine, obviously the war has gone on longer than people have thought it should or would. And I don't know what the next moves are going to be. Nobody does. But I do think that things are getting more tense. And, of course, the uh, availability of fertilizers and food that comes out of that area. It, it's very critical that we do understand the risks involved in this war escalating, and it looks like it's going to escalate. I mean, it did escalate this week, and I think that could continue here as we move into late summer and early fall. Uh, don't know what will come of it, but uh, it's certainly not good what's going on. And and we see then, you know, issues like China and Taiwan and you know, where our relationship with them is. And so there's just a lot of uncertainty around what will happen from a geopolitical risk standpoint. A lot of things to be factored in, especially when you look at the the bigger picture. Some say this might become an advantage, though, to U.S. exports as we get closer to our own harvest here. Yeah, it might be. You know, I I see Brazil, the FOD price is really rising. We're talking corn here. And that's just because China's gobbling up so much. They've had some weather uncertainty themselves. They are getting a little temporary relief right now. It's in the forecast. But they, they've they got a smaller crop going on. And you combine that with some of the other issues like southern Canada and what's happened up there with their crop, uh, northern, northwest Europe, um, hey, Black Sea, the unrest there. Uh, there. There is some issues around, hey, if China needs more than what they can get out of South America and Black Sea isn't available, they will come here. We know they've been purchasing some pretty good chunks of, of sorghum, grain sorghum, and that typically is the precursor to uh, doing some imports of corn. So uh, one can only hope, but uh, that might really help our export picture out, which has been pretty dismal up until now. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up. As we get ready to hit the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell on this Friday, we come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, what's going on crop size right now, and then we'll take a look at the livestock side as well. More is coming up. It is the Friday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Here's an update on what's going on at Fontenelle Hybrids. We're combining with the Channel brand and the other nine regional brands to create a new enhanced Channel Seed brand. And we're excited to announce your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer will be carrying select Channel products this fall for the 2024 growing season. That's an expanded product portfolio with the same great service. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer for details. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation with Darren Fry. Darren, of course, with Water Street Advisors. Lots of stuff we covered in the first half. And as we kick off the second half, you brought up an interesting point uh, during the commercial break, Darren, and that was what's going on in the energy prices right now and how that's going to relay to our producers. Yeah, if we take a look at energy, uh, crude oil is going up. You know, we've seen Russia make some cuts and 
Saudi Arabia, OPEC talking about reducing the output of oil to get prices up. We know we've released a lot here in this country with our strategic petroleum reserve that some point in time in the future will have to be replenished. But what we're seeing is we're seeing crude oil work up toward 80, and I think it'll probably even go higher than that, probably up toward 90 or even $100 area. And I think that has huge uh, implications uh, for things like our fertilizer and and everything that's shipped using petroleum, right? So um, earlier this week, I know we locked in for our growers or recommended they investigate what they could get in their area with their local you know, co-ops and fertilizer suppliers and however they, you know, lock that in and take delivery of it. But you you'd usually see fertilizers sometime July to September be the time to lock that in. And if you have energy prices rising, which I believe not only they have been, but they're going to continue, a guy probably needs to look at locking in at least his nitrogen costs. All right. What are we seeing when it comes to this this crop outlook? And, and what what are you hearing for the outlook and what we, what we might see number-wise? Well, it's really a mixed bag. I mean, there is some really good crops out here. So this is a good, solid crop. It's not as big as it could have been. That stress in June, uh, up until we started seeing some change in the weather patterns, uh, really did nick some of the yield, the top end yield. And so it's kind of a mixed bag. But if you look at the drought monitor, uh, you know, places like eastern Nebraska, Missouri, uh, parts of North Dakota, parts of Minnesota, parts of Illinois, have taken some of that stress. And now that we've pollinated, you can go out and strip back an ear and take a look. And I would say that some, in some cases, depending on the hybrid, depending on the planting date, and depending on the type of soil it was planted on, uh, we've seen some real reduction in yields with tip back. And that tip back came before pollination even took place. It was, it was with the primordia that when the ear is being set, the plant just did not allow it to go ahead and set the max potential in length. And so there's some variation like that, but a lot of yield will be determined over the next, you know, three to six weeks with grain fill, how much of these tips will abort after pollination with this hotter, drier stress that's coming. And uh, really it's the story of, uh, do you have subsoil moisture or don't you? Because if you have subsoil moisture, you'll weather that. If you don't, it'll be more severe. And so that's why the yield is so up and down right now and everybody has their own guess. I think really um, the crop is probably around 175 for corn, 51 for beans right now. Um, if we have more problems, it gets less. If we have better grain fill, it gets more. But I think that's what we're looking at right now here on July 21st. Switch gears, jump over to the livestock. Have we topped out on this on this commodity? Start with the cattle first. Well, eventually, if you call a top every week, you eventually are right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I obviously, uh, we're look, I was looking at different things, and fundamentals have been really strong. And, and um, you know, I had to kind of switch my position around there maybe six, eight, ten weeks ago saying, hey, we can push higher. I do think that high we made specifically in fat cattle on the 12th of July, and then we had kind of a key reversal. We turned around. Uh, and then we went back up and challenged that same area again and made a new high yesterday. And now we're kind of faltering. We're topping out. And so I do think that maybe we have a top in place, but we don't have price confirming action. So early next week, we'll tell the story. We take four or five bucks off cattle next week, Monday, Tuesday. Okay, we have a top in place. If we hold tight and start moving higher again, we don't. Uh, but this definitely could be technically an area where not only you would top from, but we might have the action in place 
to say, yep, when we look back, that was the day. And that would have been a top made yesterday on Thursday. Um, as far as the feeder cattle, feeder cattle have stumbled a little bit here just with the fact that, you know, corn has been strong. Um, they look like they may be topped out a week ago. We'll see how they act early next week. But, you know, the beef typically gets softer as we move through summer. I know it's trying to hold together uh, here at noon. But um, if you look at it, I think we are trying to fight an uphill battle here if you want to still be long cattle and feeder cattle as we move into late July and early August. What about on this hog market? Yeah, I don't know. I think that the clock's ticking there on the hogs. Uh, this rally was strong. This rally was stronger than I thought it would be, but I still think it's all corrective. And especially if you look at the deferred contracts like out in December and February. All right. Best way for folks to get a hold of you. There's two ways. They could look me up on Twitter, and that'd be Fry, F-R-Y-E underscore W-S-S, or call us here at the office toll-free at 866-249-2528. Thanks so much, Darren. That's been today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.